Thank you for listening to The Leader. Please do subscribe through your podcast provider and tell your friends about this show too. You can also contact us on social media through the hashtag The Leader Podcast. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Does one person link seven cases of coronavirus in the UK, France and Spain? I asked Public Health England today, well, can't you explain the movements of this super spreader when he was back in the UK? Because to be fair to him, he didn't realise he had the virus. Evening Standard Health editor Ross Lydell says a so-called super spreader has been identified as the British government announces new measures to contain the virus. And... It's a little crazy. <laughs> no translation needed there for Bong Joon-ho, whose Parasite is the first non-English language movie to win Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Our film critic Charlotte O'Sullivan says it'll change the Oscars forever. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, the super spreader thought to have inadvertently helped the coronavirus outbreak in the UK. This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharmadine Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Coronavirus continues to spread. Four more cases have been confirmed in the UK. More than 40,000 have been recorded worldwide. Nearly 1,000 people have died. The British government's declared it a serious and imminent threat, allowing emergency measures to be activated, including compelling people to stay in quarantine, something they could not legally do until now. Our editorial column welcomes the move, but says it's the spread of misinformation that's causing fear to rise in the public. The government is treading a tricky line. On the one hand, it needs to get the country ready for what could be a mass outbreak of the disease and fast. On the other hand, ministers need to avoid fueling panic. What matters is getting the right information to people, especially now that social media can distribute untruths in seconds. That's where more needs to be done. Search for the latest information from the government and you are directed to a simple page which sets out the facts. But it says almost nothing about the steps people might want to take here, whether face masks might make a difference, for instance. But this is also the moment to explain what could happen next. 
The hope is that the infection will be contained and the social and economic impact of it will be limited too. In order for this to happen, people will need to behave responsibly and require clear information, not guesswork, about what they need to do. Our health editor, Ross Lydell, has been covering this story. Ross, there's a huge amount of disinformation and some flat-out lies about this virus out there all over social media. Where can people get accurate information about coronavirus? The official source is the Department of Health website. And what they've done now with Twitter is that if you tap in coronavirus into the Twitter search engine, certainly in the UK, it will automatically default to the Department of Health website and that then has regular updates. That sounds easy. Uh, Unfortunately, the problem is there's now so much information that it is updating itself and it's updating perhaps seven or eight times a day on different bits of information, both for the public and for medical practitioners. And sometimes the differences of the updates are very minor, but it can create quite a, a folio of information And it's not the easiest thing to wade through, to be honest. And all of this just adds to the fear of of the virus itself, doesn't it? Yes, because we're seeing TV pictures, we're reading about it in the paper. Uh, The pictures, certainly from China, are very alarming. There's been more than 700 people tested in the UK in the last couple of weeks. Only eight now have been found to have coronavirus, but so many people are subject to precautionary tests. And uh, so therefore people can you know, see see these ambulances and paramedics and hazmat suit turn up and it certainly looks alarming. And as we say, you know, what we see in China looks very alarming indeed. That eight figure that you mentioned, that includes four new cases that were confirmed today, doesn't it? That's right. So we had around 10 o'clock this morning, the Department of Health confirmed four more cases. Six of the eight are linked to the super spreader businessman from the Brighton Hove area who was initially in Singapore on a business conference at the end of January. He then returned to the UK, but via the sort of French Alps where he went skiing, we believe. There's a word that's going to cause fear, super spreader. What exactly is a super spreader? So a super spreader can either be one of two things. It's either somebody who has a higher than average dose of the virus and therefore is more infectious or somebody who is in closer contact with more people than normal and therefore can spread the virus. So obviously we know that the super spreader businessman was on an EasyJet flight back to the UK. It's believed that the people who were then sent up possibly from Brighton to London today. It's believed they were all part of the same ski party in and around Chamonix. So perhaps they were in close contact there, hence that they have contracted the virus from this chap. Uh, I asked Public Health England today, well, can't you explain the movements of this super spreader when he was back in the UK? Because to be fair to him, he didn't realise he had the virus. I said, well, you know, for example, if he was in Sainsbury's on the Saturday, or we know he was in this pub in Hove on the Saturday night, why can't you identify these locations? And they say, well, we don't want to create alarm amongst the population at large, essentially because you would have to have been very close to that person and for quite a long period of time. But that, of course, could apply to people who were sitting quite close to him on the EasyJet flight. But this is that tricky line that uh, the, the government and the health authorities have to try and navigate giving enough information to the public and not causing further panic, isn't it? It must be incredibly hard. Well, I'm not sure they they actually made things any better this morning as well when 
Health Secretary Matt Hancock announced extra powers to essentially hold people in quarantine. Now, this, we understand, relates to the pers a person in the Wirral. We'll recall that a number of people were brought back, you know, by their choice from Wuhan a few days ago, at the end of last week, and they were brought back on a plane chartered by the British government on the condition that if you come back, then you have to agree to be in quarantine for 14 days. It now seems that at least one person there decided that he or she had had enough of being quarantined and wanted to leave. Hence, the new powers today were essentially to give NHS staff the power to hold that person within quarantine for the full 14 days. So we had this rather alarming looking announcement that we have the department or the government looking for extra powers, when in fact... The, the actual underlying risk of contracting uh, coronavirus remains moderate. Next. Directors were supposed to be happy to win best foreign language picture. It was like, yes, be happy with that, pat you on the head. I think now you just can't get away with having a best picture that is more mediocre than the foreign language picture. Evening Standard film critic Charlotte O'Sullivan applauds the Academy and wonders what's next for Hollywood after Parasite wins best picture. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Is it okay with you? That's just about the only line of English in South Korean movie Parasite, which last night made history by being the first foreign language film to scoop Best Picture at the Oscars. The man behind it, Bong Joon-ho, also won Best Director, and he spoke to the press through a translator after the ceremony. So I'm just a very strange person. I just did what I've always done with great artists, uh, with producer Kwok and my co-writer Han Jin-won and with all my actors. It was the same process making this film, but we've had these amazing results. It still feels very surreal. I feel like something will hit me and I will wake up from this dream. Well, for months, the Evening Standard film critic Charlotte O'Sullivan's been telling anyone who asks that Parasite is the best movie in years. Charlotte, I suspect I know how you're going to answer this, but regardless of language, did Parasite deserve to win Best Picture on its merit alone? Oh, yeah. It's such a wonderful movie on so many levels. Um, it is groundbreaking. It's just the most original thing I've seen for years. And it's incredibly entertaining. So to have it win, it just sort of vindicates all these people who've been loving it for all these months. I mean, it won at Cannes 
And, you know, that was a, a great success for an art house movie, but it's no longer an art house movie because everyone, everyone gets it. Uh, my daughter actually said to me, is there anyone who doesn't like this movie, Mum? I was like, no, everybody loves this movie. And you could see that in the audience at the Oscars themselves. In fact, when uh, the director went up to collector's award, there was they, they, they tried to silence him and then the audience came back and demanded demanded that he be allowed to continue. So you can see that, that Hollywood's really embraced this film. Will it change the Oscars themselves now that a film that isn't in the English language can win Best Picture? I, I definitely think so. I think until now, it's been this sort of weird two-tier system where directors were supposed to be happy to win um, Best Foreign Language Picture. It was like, yes, be happy with that, pat you on the head. Um, and I bet all those directors were thinking, but I, my movie's better than the one that won Best Picture. Well, I think now you just can't get away with having a best picture that is more mediocre than the foreign language picture. I, I really think something radical has happened that it's okay to tell a story in any language and English is no longer the best language in which to tell a story. Yeah, I think that's going to make things really exciting because I wonder what foreign language films should have won best picture. Well, I think there have been so many, like Fellini's La Strada, um, which was one of the first to win the best foreign language picture. That is a classic film. The idea that that didn't get best picture that year is preposterous. Um, Ingmar Bergman never won a best picture Oscar. I think there's been sort of miscarriages of justice going on and everyone accepted it. I mean, some people, because they thought, oh, the Oscars are, you know, the Americans just being American. You know, maybe the world shrunk a little bit. We're not so scared of subtitles it's like we could call this how we learn to stop worrying and love the subtitle and like you said this is not an art house movie it's extremely clever it's really original but it's a film that's built for a commercial audience is it and actually there will be people who have never seen a subtitled film going to the cinema to see what all the fuss is about exactly and it's it's so universal you know you get these two families the kims and the parks and the Kims are the sort of um, underclass family and they slowly but surely infiltrate this rich, happy, um, happy, shiny family, the Parks. And you are totally rooting for the Kims to kind of, um, you know, to move up a level. And then something happens, which I can't tell you, you know, there's a spanner in the works. And you kind of realise how you yourself have been morally compromised and, and how the whole system is just so corrupt that no one is really benefiting from it, even though the people at the bottom are obviously doing the worst. So, you know, it, it's not simplistic. It's not goodies versus baddies. Um, it really pushes you in so many different directions. And you just don't know what's going to happen. You know, you really cannot predict it in any way, which is very exciting. Because my heart was just beating like a drum from halfway through when I was thinking, are the people I love going to die? It's, it's very violent, I have to say, um, but not in a gratuitous way. I wonder where the director Bong Joon-ho goes next himself, because he's done English language features with Hollywood. He made a movie called Snowpiercer, I think, which was very good. Um, and and Okja. Okja is wonderful. That is wonderful. Tilda Swinton, yeah. Um, so he's done the Hollywood thing. But I wonder if he now goes, do you know what? I don't have to do that anymore. 
Well, he's such a maverick. I can imagine that we can't imagine what he'll do next. I, I hope he has a bit of a rest because I think he's really been, you know, doing his bit, sort of um, whining and dining and shaking hands and being charming and everything. And he probably just needs to get away from all these very powerful, privileged people who sort of ironically love his movie, which is all about how power and privilege corrupt. Uh, he, he needs to go off and um, yes, think up his new, his new masterpiece. And that's The Leader. Check out the Evening Standards audio news bulletins on your smart speaker. There's a new one every morning at 7am. Just ask for the news from The Evening Standard. The Leader is back tomorrow at 4pm.